the world of Islam, culture, religion, and politics. Welcome everyone to episode 7 of World of Islam with Amin Tais. Thank you for joining me again. Uh, last episode, we provided a summary of what the Sira literature tells us about Muhammad's life and prophetic career in his hometown of Mecca up until the year 622, the year of Hijra or migration to Yathrib. Today, we will pick up where we left and consider Muhammad's life after the Hijra and up until his death in 632 of the Common Era. And in the next episode, we will take a look at some seemingly controversial elements in the Sira, as well as raise some interesting question, uh, questions about possible influences on the Sira's portrayal of Muhammad. So, uh, in the year 622, uh, after securing the protection and allegiance of a number of people from Yathrib, Muhammad agrees to become a mediator, a, a sort of a peacemaker uh, in Yathrib, uh, in which the two uh, Arab tribes of Banul Aws and Banul Khazraj uh, have been feuding for years. Uh, by the way, uh, you have heard this term Banu uh, a lot in the last few episodes. Banu uh, in Arabic means the sons of, and the singular is Ibn. Uh, so, uh, Muhammad uh, Ibn Abdullah means Muhammad the son of Abdullah. And uh, Banu Hashim means the sons of Hashim. So Muhammad uh, sends his followers to Yathrib uh, ahead of himself uh, and only two people stayed behind with Muhammad uh, and the names of these two people uh, perhaps reflect uh, the later divisions we will see uh, in the community after uh, the death of Muhammad. So there is Abu Bakr whom we encountered in the last episode and who is presented as Muhammad's best friend and the other person is Ali, Ali ibn Abi Talib, the cousin of Muhammad, uh, son of uh, his uncle Abu Talib. After uh, discovering an assassination attempt against his person, Muhammad escapes towards Yathrib in the company of Abu Bakr, uh, leaving Ali behind, uh, sleeping in Muhammad's bed to fool uh, the Meccan, the Meccan uh, assailants. The Sirah uh, records a number of miracles uh, on this journey. Uh, in one instance, Muhammad and Abu Bakr hide in a cave, and when the Meccans, who were uh, closely uh, pursuing them, uh, came across this cave, they noticed a spider web on the entrance, and in another report, they saw a dove uh, nest on the entrance. Uh, of course, uh, they assumed that if Muhammad and Abu Bakr had gone inside, the web and the nest would have been disturbed, and so uh, the uh, bounty hunters, if you'd like, uh, left and eventually lost Muhammad and his companion. Uh, finally, Muhammad enters Yathrib, where he is warmly welcomed. 
Yathrib was an oasis located some 200 miles north of Mecca. It was the home of the two Arab tribes, tribes of Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj, but also the home of three important Jewish tribes, the Banu Al-Nadir, the Banu Quraidah, and the Banu Qaynuqa'a. And uh, in, the, in this environment, Muhammad uh, initiated a number of things. He built a mosque, uh, the first mosque in the history of his community. It was a simple half-covered area uh, with a courtyard. And uh, adjacent to the mosque, he built his house or his rooms. He also declared Medina... Uh, which is the new name of Yathrib, short for Medinat al-Nabi, the city of the Prophet. So he declared Medina a sacred precinct, just like Mecca. He also created what was termed bonds of brotherhood, al-Ukhuwa, uh, between uh, members of the Meccan immigrants, al-Muhajirun, uh, who had left much of their wealth uh, behind in Mecca, and the Medinese hosts, who are now known as Al-Ansar, the helpers. Muhammad, uh, in addition to that, uh, established Sahifat al-Medina, Charter of Medina, which some people call the Constitution of Medina. Uh, it was a sort of uh, contract between the different components of the Medinese landscape. This contract uh, established Muhammad as an arbiter of disputes and enumerated uh, the rights and responsibilities of all parties. Um, interestingly, it's, it uses the term uh, Ummah, uh, one nation, to describe this alliance of Muhammad's followers, the Jewish tribes, and the Arab pagans. In later Muslim thought, uh, this term Ummah will be exclusively used uh, to describe the Muslim community. But in spite of all this, tensions both internal and external will eventually grow. On the internal side, the Sira mentions two fronts. One is comprised of those hitherto uh, in leadership position within uh, the Arab tribes of Yathrib, uh, who saw that everyone in their tribes was joining Muhammad's religion and who were uh, wary of Muhammad's coming to Yathrib in the first place. Uh, they had no choice, however, and they had to publicly convert and uh, concealed their enmity towards Muhammad. They are presented in the Sira as uh, the hypocrites, al-munafiqun. One particular person that came to symbolize, or who came to symbolize this group, is someone by the name of Abdullah ibn Ubay. Uh, the other front highlighted by the Sira is the Jewish tribes of Medina. As a time passes by, their relationship to Muhammad deteriorates. On the external side, uh, it did not take long for the Muslims and the pagan Meccans to clash. 
in 624 uh, knowing about a Meccan caravan coming uh, from Syria and traveling not too far from Medina Muhammad ordered an attack on it as a way of um, uh, gaining back some of the wealth that the immigrants uh, had lost to the Meccans earlier. Once uh, they uh, learned of the threat to their caravan, the Meccan leadership uh, raised an army of about a thousand men and uh, head out, headed out to fight Muhammad and the Muslims. In a plain called Badr, 300 Muslims will stand up uh, will stand up to and defeat the Meccan army getting prisoners and war booty along the way this is the battle of Badr Ghazwat Badr a miraculous victory and an important milestone in the life of the young Muslim community it was now a community to reckon with back in Medina uh, the seer records the first significant clash uh, between Muhammad and the Jewish tribes. The story is that a Jew from the Banu Qaynuqa uh, caused a Muslim woman uh, to lose her dress uh, in public and to stand embarrassed with a bare bottom, leading a Muslim, one, Muslim man to attack and kill the Jewish man and to the Jews in turn killing uh, this Muslim man. After uh, the Bainu Qaynuqa refused to let Muhammad arbitrate in the incident, Muhammad orders a siege of the Bainu Qaynuqa who uh, are ultimately exiled from Yathrib and who would settle uh, north at the uh, towns of Khaybar and Taymah. The Muslim victory at Badr was too much for the Meccans to swallow. In 625, Abu Sufyan, the leader of the Quraysh, raises an army of 3,000 men and goes to Medina to get his revenge. Muslims will meet them near the hill, the hill of Uhud with a much smaller number of fighters, especially after the hypocrite Ibn Ubay deserted with 300 of his men. In the early part of the battle, the Muslims seemed to have the upper hand. However, once the Muslim archers uh, positioned on the hill abandoned their posts uh, in order to gather war booty, uh, the Meccans took advantage of the situation uh, to attack the Muslim fighters from the back. Muhammad uh, would get injured and his uncle Hamza an important figure in this early period is not only killed but uh, uh, mutilated uh, as well. However, the Muslims were able to retreat, uh, escaping more severe casualties. Naturally, uh, the Muslims were now disillusioned. Uh, why did God uh, forsake them after he had supported them at uh, the, ba uh, the battle of Badr uh, earlier? The Quran provides an answer in chapter 3, Ali Amran, verse 165. Uh, it says, 
قل هو من عند أنفسكم إن الله على كل شيء قدير When a single disaster strikes you Although you had struck one twice as great You say, how is this? Say, it is from your own selves Indeed, God has power over all things Back in Medina, once more, the Sirah records trouble uh, between Muhammad and the Jewish tribes. This time, following the murder of a Muslim man by a Jewish man, Muhammad went to the Banu al-Nadir to get uh, compensation money. But apparently, some of the Banu al-Nadir conspired to drop a big rock on Muhammad's head in order to kill him. Muhammad is however made aware of the plan and the situation ends up again with Banu al-Nadir uh, chased out of Medina. They settle in Khaybar as well. Back to the external front, the Sira discusses the rise of a large coalition of 10,000 men, mostly from Quraysh and from an important tribe called Ghadafan. Uh, to try and defeat the Muslims once and for all. This is uh, the year uh, 627. News of the near attack uh, reaches Medina and Muhammad, uh, following the advice of one of his companions, uh, and the term companion is used by Muslims uh, to describe the members of the original uh, community, uh, of Muslims, um, those who lived with uh, Muhammad, and uh, the term in Arabic is Sahabi, uh, singular, and Sahaba for the plural. So, following the advice of the companion Salman al-Farisi, uh, Salman the Persian, Muhammad orders the digging of a large trench on the northwestern uh, exposed side of Medina to protect against incursion. Here, the seer records another interesting miraculous occurrence. When uh, some men came across a, a huge rock while digging, uh, they sought the help of Muhammad, uh, who grabbed an axe and hit the rock uh, three times. On the first hit, a light flashed towards Syria. On the second, a light flashed towards Yemen. And on the third, a light flashed towards Persia as the rock splintered. Muhammad would explain this to be a prophecy about the future Muslim conquest of these areas. By the time the enemy coalition arrived to the outskirts of Medina, the ditch was complete and the coalition's cavalry was kept at bay. The Meccans and their allies besieged Medina for two weeks and only managed to send a few fighters into Muslim territory, but with no success. Ultimately, the coalition would slowly dissolve as its provisions and its patience uh, had run low. The Battle of the Trench, Ghazwat al-Khandaq, was a huge momentum changer. The Meccans' resolve to destroy Muhammad's community was eroding, and the young Muslim community escaped a major attack. 
And just like the aftermaths of earlier battles, the Sira records that the Jewish community of Banu Quraidah, who had broken their non-aggression contract with Muhammad by selling provisions to the Meccan coalition, will face a serious challenge from the Muslims. Muhammad offers them conversion to Islam as a way to remedy their actions, but most of them refused, at which point Muhammad allowed the head of the Aus tribe, Sa'ad ibn Mu'ad, to uh, decide uh, their fate. And Sa'ad decides that all men uh, would be executed and all the women and children of the Banu Quraida would be sold to slavery. Muhammad himself takes a Jewish woman by the name of Rayhana as a concubine. Now as you could see uh, so far from the Medina experience, the Sira is recording a shift in the life of Muhammad and his followers uh, when compared with their lives in Mecca. And this is reflected in the Quranic verses that the Sira ties up to this new period. The Quranic verses uh, in Medina when compared to those in Mecca are different or at least relatively different uh, in style and in content. We will get back to this in more detail in our future episode on the Quran. For now, we can briefly say that the Quran after the Hijra is characterized by a less poetic style, has less vivid imagery and symbolism, and uh, while still concerned with the afterlife, it is even more concerned with social organization in this life. And this appears to be uh, closely tied to the need of a community that is now establishing itself as an independent social and political entity. The verses of the Qur'an are now longer. Uh, we find uh, some legal and quasi-legal verses. We find verses uh, commenting on the various battles and guiding, supporting, praising, or admonishing uh, the believers. We find verses condemning the hypocrites and other verses debating the people of the book, particularly the Jews, but also the Christians who might have come in contact with Muhammad. We also have verses prescribing punishments for certain crimes and offenses and other verses uh, teaching etiquette or expounding on moral issues. Back to the narrative of the Sira, we now have a Muslim community in control of Medina and ready to be on the offensive against the Meccans. In 628, Muhammad summoned his followers to go on pilgrimage to the Meccan sanctuary. On the way, and shortly before getting to Mecca, in a place called Al-Hudaybiyah, Muhammad ordered Uthman one of his early followers, who was from the Umayyad clan, the Banu Umayyah, uh, to lead the Meccans and their leader, Abu Sufyan, uh, also an Umayyad, uh, know of the intention of Muhammad and his followers to perform pilgrimage. Abu Sufyan uh, faced a dilemma. If he refused to let Muhammad and his followers perform the pilgrimage, then it would be a big hit on his credibility 
and uh, on his traditional role as guardian and generous host of the sanctuary. On the other hand, if he let them perform the pilgrimage, he would legitimize their religious movements in the eyes of all Arabs. So Abu Sufyan had uh, to make a compromise. He asked uh, Muhammad and his followers to go back to Medina for now and to return for the greater pilgrimage or Hajj uh, the following year. Uh, Muhammad accepted in spite of the vocal opposition of some of his followers and uh, indeed this was a great diplomatic uh, victory for the young Muslim community uh, whose members had uh, uh, at this camp of Hudaybiyah uh, given uh, renewed allegiance, allegiance to Muhammad. The Treaty of Al Hudaybiyah included a 10 year truce between the Muslims and the Meccans, as well as uh, the ability of each party to continue forming alliances with other tribes uh, as needed. So, this period was a chance for Muhammad uh, to uh, grow his influence uh, further. He built alliances with neighboring tribes, he sent letters. Uh, to as far as the Sasanian and Byzantine capitals uh, asking the emperors uh, of the two empires to convert to Islam and he attacked the rich town of Khaybar uh, inhabited by uh, Jewish communities who uh, after a fierce battle had to negotiate a truce and, and agree to pay a yearly tribute of half their crop yield the other uh, mostly Jewish town of uh, Taymah will also surrender and agree to pay uh, the jizya, a tax uh, guaranteeing them uh, security. And when an ally of the Meccans attacked an ally of the Muslims, therefore uh, breaking the truce of Al Hudaybiyah, Muhammad uh, seized the occasion to attack Mecca now that his side was stronger than ever. So in 630, an army of 10,000 men heads down to Mecca and they conquer it with very little bloodshed. Only six Meccans were designated by Muhammad uh, as specific targets. The rest of the Meccans were granted amnesty if they surrendered. And Muhammad also headed to the house of God, the Kaaba, and destroyed all the idols inside of it. And after another victory against a couple of Quraysh uh, tribal allies uh, at the Battle of Hunayn and uh, at Ghazwat Hunayn and the conquest of the city of At-Ta'if, Ghazwat uh, At-Ta'if, and after an expedition to the north uh, in what is known as the campaign of Tabuk or Ghazwat Tabuk, Muhammad was now finally master of Arabia. Arabs were entering Islam left and right and any remaining tribes outside the control of Medina had little choice but to pledge allegiance to Muhammad. This year uh, 631 became known as the year of delegations or Am al-Wufud uh, named after the delegations of these tribes coming to Medina to pledge allegiance to the Prophet. Those tribes of polytheists who 
had not joined uh, were eventually given four months to become Muslim or enter uh, into treaty with Muhammad or else face military action. In 632, Muhammad performs the Hajj uh, in Mecca and on the Mount of Arafat at which uh, pilgrims would traditionally uh, spend some time Muhammad delivers his last major speech that would be known as Khutbat al-Wada or uh, the farewell speech. In this address Muhammad enjoined commitment to the rituals of the religion or the uh, five pillars of Islam uh, the Shahada or to bear witness that there is no God uh, but the one God uh, that Muhammad is the messenger of God and uh, Salat or the daily prayers and Zakat or uh, charity or Saum the fasting of the month of Ramadan and Hajj or pilgrimage to Mecca Muhammad also called on his followers to treat each other fairly and shortly after returning to Medina Muhammad fell ill and died without formally or clearly designating his successor as leader of the community. This was a short and perhaps quite inadequate summary of what the traditional seerah tells us about the life and career of Muhammad after the Hijrah. As I mentioned earlier, uh, in the next episode, we will try and discuss some controversial elements in the Sira narrative, as well as raise additional questions about how to understand this narrative in the context of those Muslim historians who had uh, become, in the words of uh, Tarif Khalidi, the founding fathers of the Sira. So please join me again next time. Until then, I leave you in peace. Assalamu alaikum.